What's happening, folks? Welcome back to another episode of The Christian Hanson Show. I'm Christian Hanson, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. Like I said yesterday in my episode with uh, Brad Sativa, if you haven't listened to that, be sure to do it. This intro may sound repetitive for the folks who haven't listened to yesterday who are just tuning in today. Maybe we'll get to yesterday's a different day. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've been together uh, during those weeks. Took some time off to myself. Uh, vacation down in Nashville. I went to go see some very funny folks at Zany's. Saw Nate Pargazzi, Aaron Weber, Brian Bates. I had so much fun there. One of the best clubs in the country. Be sure to go there if you have time, if you're stopping through. Even if it's not a, you know, a set trip to the club. Go check it out. Uh, simply one of the best clubs in the country, literally. Uh, always have the hot acts, and it was such a fun time. I got to see the Nate Lamb podcast recording, um, and it was great. I've never been there, never seen Nate uh, live. I've never seen Brian live. I had Brian on the show. Uh, Aaron I've seen live at Zany's in Chicago, if you guys remember, in June, end of June. I think it was like June 24th. That episode came out. That was the same week that he was headlining at Zany's Old Town in Chicago for the first time. He's never headlined in Chicago, and uh, I got to see all three of them, and then they did the podcast recording in the same night. Uh, simply amazing. Uh, Nate's wife, uh, Laura, um, she, I mean, they, they did a great job. You walked into Zany's, they gave us like a goodie bag and stuff. It was crazy, and she handmade everything, so it felt literally like a family event, like we all were part of the family. It was so much fun. Um, one of the best trips I've ever taken in my life. And uh, yeah, so that's what I was doing. Uh, that was only three days, though. So you're probably like, what else were you doing? Nothing. I just took some time to myself. And now we're back. Yesterday, we had Brad Sativa on. And today's guest for episode 57 is Graham K. If any of you guys listen to the Nate Lamb podcast like myself, name might sound familiar. Uh, if you don't listen to that, that's okay. If you like Jimmy Fallon, you probably know who he is as well. I think it was June 21st, he made his Jimmy Fallon debut. That is Graham K. Same night, Scarlett Johansson and Quest Love were the guests on the show. And uh, he stopped through. And uh, it was a good chat. Uh, Graham's from Canada. Uh, now based in New York as a comedian. Uh, living in New York now for a better part of 12 plus years. Uh, like I said, he was recently on Fallon. And did a recently he did a special. Uh, which can be seen on YouTube, by the way, called Stupid Jokes. Uh, the special was done as part of the Just for Laughs Comedy Fest slash network. Uh, he's also done some acting as well could be seen in Super Troopers too, along with other projects. And like I mentioned, he's appeared on several podcasts, including Nate Land, hosted by Nate Bargatze, Brian Bates, and Aaron Weber. Graham also hosts a couple podcasts of his own, just like many comedians, but uh, his are unique. Uh, he has two. One's called Autastic, a Comedian's Guide to Autism. Now, when he told me about it, I was like, oh gosh, what is this? I don't know. But it makes sense. He explained it like I'm going to do to you. So, Autastic is basically uh, about people who have kids, uh, have family members, uh, siblings, whatever it may be, uh, who have autism. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a podcast that Graham does with another comedian named Kirk Smith. Okay, and uh, both families, both Graham and Kirk, have uh, people in their lives who have autism. Um, for Graham, it's his brother, and for Kirk, it's his son. So both of them talk about the lighter side of living with and coping with autism. And uh, I think it's a cool idea. It makes uh, that conversation um, not as, you know, it shouldn't be uncomfortable, but it makes it comfortable for those, you know, living with it, uh, dealing with it, coping with it. It makes it, uh, it, it's a little bit of, 
comedy and humor to, you know, fill that gap of just confusion as to, you know, why him, why, you know, it, it makes, it's, it's all in good fun. And, uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, what they're doing, it's, it's pretty good. It actually is uh, quite amazing that they're doing that. It's, it's pretty, pretty damn awesome if you ask me, but, uh, he also has another podcast as well called the edge lords and, uh, the edge lords he does with, uh, I think it's Robbie Slowick, um, Graham K and Robbie Slowick. Um, they do a podcast together, and basically, what they do is uh, it's a comedy podcast, and it's interesting. It uh, it's every week they sit down with a comedian, or usually a comedian, uh, as the guest, and they try to figure out how to become edgy. Right, the goal is to be uh, to be edgy, find out ways to be edgy. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, the goal simply is to achieve edge lord status, whatever that is whatever that status is, whatever they project it to be. I have no clue, but it's funny. I listened to the one with Mark Norman, absolutely hilarious. He just did one with Dan St. Germain. Episode just released today, uh, July 14th. Uh, well, today, meaning yesterday. This episode drops the 15th on Thursday. But uh, yeah, Dan St. Germain's a name too. He was on this podcast. So uh, yeah, very funny show. Be sure to check it out. It's called The Edge Lords. Both podcasts, Autastic and The Edge Lords, are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Um, anyways, Graham and I had a great chat. I thought it was rather engaging at times. It was a good time. I mean, we walked through his journey in pretty chronological fashion, uh, growing up in Canada, then coming to the States, spent some time in LA, then headed to New York, then back home. So he's been around a little bit. Uh, and he started just a little bit later than most in comedy, mid to late 20s, 25, 26, 27 years of age. And comedy hadn't always encompassed his life either. Uh, he very much was a Canadian through and through. He played hockey for pretty much most of his life leading up to the start of comedy. And uh, he was part of that very hot wave of comics when he came up in New York in around 2007. I mean, at that time, you had the guys like Nate Bargatze, Sam Morrell, Mark Norman, Joe List, those guys, Sean Donnelly, all those folks were, were you know, cutting her teeth, getting at it, making a name for themselves. So very, very hot scene at the time. And he was a part of it. I found his comedy to be witty and just plain old good comedy. Very funny stuff. Uh, and I reached out to him and we made it happen. But uh, anyways, I'll get to uh, get to the thing. Uh, me talking to Graham K. Hope you guys enjoy this. Without further ado, this is me doing the thing with a very funny man, Graham K. <laughs> Where are you at right now, by the way? You up uh, East Coast? I'm in uh, Brooklyn. You are in Brooklyn. You've been there for a while now, right? Yeah, I've been here since 2017. 2017, wow. And I lived here. Yeah, I lived here for a while before that also. So. Mm -hmm. well, when did I know? Like I, went, I like went to LA for a bit. Yeah. I was in Toronto for a bit. Oh. And I was in Brooklyn before that. I mean, I move around a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I'm here. There you go. Well, I see. I knew you were from Canada. I knew you moved to Brooklyn. I didn't know you went to LA. When did LA come into the picture? 2015, 2017. Hmm. You know, tried that out. Yeah. It was fun. I didn't like the city. Yeah. But the comedy was, was seen, a good right, scene it's over brewing. there. Yeah. Nice people. Yeah, good people. Yeah. Now you're fresh off of Fallon. What, what was that like a few weeks back? Was that, that had to be pretty fun. Yeah, it was very stressful because 
um, I, I was on the road. I was in like Atlanta or Chattanooga or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I got a text and it was like from the booker. Cause I was sort of in line to do it or whatever. Mm. Oh, wow. And the booker was like, Hey, um, we had a fallout like Pooh was supposed to be Pooh and Gucci Mane were supposed to be on wow. two rappers. And, but but Pooh shot two people. So we need a comedian to replace them on wow. Monday. Can you do it? And I was oh, like, wow. I mean, I had my set approved, but there was a couple lines I needed to tweak, you know, for backup plan. Well, no, not for a backup plan because I wasn't allowed to say them on air because mm. I could, they wouldn't want me to say like Christ or in a couple words. Really? I weren't happy with. So I, yeah, it's weird. But, but, um, but anyway, so whatever it's not it's not their fault right 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 it's just, yeah. it's like you have to follow these weird mm-hmm. rules and so anyway i didn't have a lot of time to prepare or to lead up or to mm-hmm. worry about it i already knew my set so i just like i, I landed on sunday ran my set a couple, like a bunch of times at clubs in new york woke up tried like figured out what i was going to wear and then went to the tonight show and taped it wow and so, and I like scrambled to get, like, get my girlfriend, uh, she's vaccinated, but I had to get her like, um, a COVID test in like seven, like 15 hours. Wow. That's crazy. COVID test. So, um, and then, and then those are like $500 if you want to get them right away, but we I didn't want to pay $500. Are you kidding so just, me? That's like, crazy, to, like, man. We, yeah. So we went to like three different places, um, like. The, that run by the city that are mm-hmm. free and hoping that we would get the email, the results. One of one of those would be faster than the other. Right, right. Get them before the deadline the next day. So I could, wouldn't have to sit there alone. Sure. I could have yeah. like my girlfriend there. Yeah. So it, it was pretty rad. I mean, he's like a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallon like came to my dressing room and stuff. Uh, I, I, I've only ever done Colbert and you don't even get to meet him. Really? Um, I'm very appreciative to like be on Colbert, and that was like was that seven awesome. years ago, six, seven years ago, or something like that. No, that was like three, three? two, two and two? a half, two and a half years. Ago. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Colbert's like I mean, awesome, but the way they shoot it there, for whatever reason, is they do all the comedians at once in front of a live audience, uh-huh. and then they they edit them in over like the next two months. Oh wow, months. that's weird eight months so you could film and then not be on for like half a year oh wow they tape so far in advance that's crazy the comedians yeah and then they plop them in oh yeah that's a little different so you don't get to meet colbert which you know would be cool but freaking fallon comes into your dressing room before and he's like hey man how you doing we're happy to have you blah 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 yeah yeah. that's awesome yeah dude and he like took selfies and stuff he's a good guy no, I'm that, on board. I'm on board with Fallon. <laughs> I was. I was always. I, I was never a Fallon hater. I think he's like obviously supremely talented. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Be like he laughs too much or whatever. I'm like I don't know, man. He keeps it light. <laughs> I think it's hard <laughs> to do what he does. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you have to because you can't just have. You can't just. I don't know. You have to fill that gap. You have to. You have mm. to. Do, I mean, you have to be exciting and enticing. I mean, he, I mean, yeah. Sometimes it seems a little bit over the top, um, but I mean, it's a job. You got to do what you got to do. You got to keep it going. Right. You know, and he's, he's like people, he's obviously doing a good job. People like him. Yeah. Like got good ratings and stuff. So sure. It's like, it's like, I don't know what the big what do, deal is. What do you want? Right. Exactly. You know, he, he's, uh, 
I'm on board. Yeah. Now you've been doing this comedy thing for a while now. How many years you been in it? Oh man. Uh, 2007. 2007. So that's, uh, wow. 14 years. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. What was I'm before an old, comedy? I'm old head now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before comedy, I waited tables. Painted houses. Painted. I, I did paint a <laughs> couple houses. Some uh, some wrong ones. Yeah. Right. Right. I like. I worked. Um, I worked for the Canadian government. I had like a million jobs. I worked for the Canadian government. Wow. What'd you do there? Uh, I got, I only worked there for one year and I got a, a paid internship to work in Budapest, Hungary. Wow. Shipping things overseas, like sh- shipping things into Iraq, uh, Holy cow. At, the height of, at the height of the war mm. and, um, like not weapons, but like whatever an army base would need, like mm. nails, comic books. Wood. I guess they would need that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like whatever children 18 year old children want sure um and so uh yeah i did that for a year and you know i wasn't very good at it didn't like it mm. and wanted to do comedy and then moved back in with my parents was that tough was like, yeah it's always tough to be like 23 24 i'm moving. back <laughs> yeah and like i did that for like a year and like about a about a year, mm-hmm. and I like delivered sandwiches, and I worked at and I, and, and I yeah, wow, and and then I moved to New York. Really? So yeah. was New York was the move there strictly for comedy, or was it just I want to yeah. start I want to start new? So it was strictly for comedy. Strictly um, for comedy. Wow, that's crazy. So what I mean, also adventure. Yeah, like, sure, a little bit. Different. I just wanted to go to New York. Because I felt like at that point I had it was late for me to start comedy. I was mm. already like twenty five. I hadn't really. I'd only done like a few open mics mm. in Ottawa, uh, and so I felt like a summer. I wanted to just go for the summer, and I felt like sure. a summer in New York would be would be a good test. A good test, and also I could play some catch up. Mm. I could get so many sets that it would like equal out to maybe two years in Ottawa. So I could like, I don't know. Not, I don't know. That was my, my weird yeah. theory. Not that much of a scene back home. There's a, there's a decent, there, there was a, not, there was a, there's a, there was a really, there was two really good clubs mm-hmm. in Ottawa and, but not a lot of independent scenes, not a lot of time, like not a lot of ways to get up. Mm. You could get up like twice a month. More shows than mics. There was, yeah, there's no mics. Hmm. There was no mics back. There oh, is that's now. tough. Yeah. There is now, but there was no mics back then. I mean, wow. I suppose you could go to like a music open mic and, and annoy everybody. Right. But I like, I just, it just didn't seem like it was enough. Sure. So I probably should have just moved to Toronto. And There's a bigger decided. scene there? More mics? Yeah, it's a much bigger city. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of Chicago. And mm-hmm. so you can get up easily every night, up like three times a night. Oh, well. that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's wild. Though. I mean, how do they expect to, to have any, any comedy without any mics? I mean, it's, it's yeah, mainly them no people passing system. through. Well, I think just in the eighties, it was like not as many comics. Mm. And so the system was, if there's only 10 to 20 people doing it in the city, mm-hmm. 
you only need you didn't need any like mics right right so and and the clubs weren't they wouldn't book you if you performed elsewhere because they thought that that was competition right that was like very common in a lot of smaller markets Hmm. and then when i started doing comedy it was like the culture was changing and there was just way more people doing comedy so that system didn't work anymore Hmm. you needed a feeder system you needed need a pool of, of of comics yeah and so the people who ran clubs it took them a while to catch up Mm -hmm. because they were like oh you're why would i pay you when someone could someone could see you for free yesterday at a bar (laughs) right that's not how it works i mean i'm I'm like working on stuff right i'm like literally learning the g minor on my guitar and then when i go to you i do all the chords i already know exactly you know so backwards yeah yeah that's great so nope did you do any college? I mean, was 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 college? Oh, I, I went, yeah, I went to college. I went to um, Dalhousie University, Canada. In Halifax, yeah, in Halifax, oh, wow. Nova what, Scotia. Oh wow! Dal Tigers, go Tigers! <laughs> What'd you major in? Um, history. History. Wow. Yeah. History now yeah. comedy, stand up comedy, full time comedy now, right? Yeah, eight years. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize the uh, the grind that it really is. I talked to Nick Hoff, and he told me, I mean, the the highest the highest paid you know spots. I mean, fifty dollars for ten minutes. Uh, I mean, just even the even the the top premier clubs in the country. I mean, for for uh, a set is fifty dollars. I mean, it is it is a grind. Well, well, it depends how long you're doing, right? right. So if you're like doing a spot in the city, mm-hmm. a 10, 15 minute spot in the city, that's $25, 50. God, it's a grind. 75 on the weekend. And you know, the goal being you do like three a night mm-hmm. and that's not money that you, you live off of. That's sure. like, you're spending money. That's like, right. you're like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but how you make money is going on the road. Mm-hmm. So when you're going on the road, when you're doing headline clubs, when you're headlining, um, you know, you, you make like 1500 a weekend. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. You can, you can do that. And then you can do spots in the city and then you can do corporate one nighters, which are way more money. But harder, yeah. Tough. But you do you do comedy corporation, like for for you know whatever, and so you make like you know you can make like two grand a night doing that. That's crazy. And then you do like uh, you you know the auto acting gig. Then you do like a podcast, voiceovers. Like a, uh, yeah, voice. But you do like a podcast. You get uh, people on your Patreon, and then maybe you sell some ads, and then you. Uh, release some albums right. and then you get royalty payments from the albums being played on, on Sirius XM radio. And like, it's a, it's, it's a real, like back in the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. you could, you know, you could just do the clubs and they're paying, they're, they were paying 1500 back then. They have not wow. increased how much they pay. So that, that is, so, that has changed. There has not been a, a spike. No, with inflation, you could have you could make a decent living doing that back then. But mm-hmm. these days, there's so many comics, and it's like there's more and more and more. Yeah, you gotta like you gotta diversify your your income. Mm-hmm. You have to have like four things pulling like p- 
pulling together, yeah. like coming in. Because then one's down, one's high. And uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's how I do it. I do the odd like cruise ship, which, you know, it's, it's whatever. Those got to be tough because after so many days, I mean, everyone yeah. on there has seen it. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have, you have to have a lot of material and, um, these, I do ships that have like, um, and I do, I don't do them that often. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, I don't want to get stuck there because it, it forces you to do a style of comedy. That's not good. Right. But also it's like the money is so good and it's like, like January here. And then I'm like in a beach in the Caribbean (laughs) with all expenses paid. And it's like, and, and, and they have comedy clubs built on the ship. So really? it's not like, yeah. So I've it's never not, been it's, on a ship. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I did. I had neither before I did that. So it's like, it's basically doing like a Midwest club for, for like, you know, nice people, but they're not, the material you do is not as, not your favorite jokes. Sure. But, um, yeah, but the, the money's good. So anyway, like I'll just all this to say that there's like little tiny ways to, to bring in revenue, yeah, yeah, a middle class yeah. <laughs> living, yeah. um, you know. So wow, the goal is to like what everybody wants to do is become a draw because when you're a draw, meaning like you have actual fans, sure, more opportunities um, arrive. Yeah, you're gonna you sell just, more drinks at a club. You're gonna bring in more. Well, you flip the ticket. You you flip the revenues instead of you don't need the club. To provide the seat, the, the mm. audience, the club needs you. You. If you club books you, and then they know they're going to sell out. Right. So then you do like a door deal, and then you make way more money. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's crazy. Now, when uh, what did what did the folks do back home? You you an only only sibling? You got uh, anybody else? I have one brother with autism. Oh yeah, you do, you're right. You do. You talked about that in uh, just for laughs special. I yeah. uh, I do recall that. Um, what was that? I mean, how trying was that? I mean, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, I I have friends who who have siblings with that too. I mean, it's just it's it's so hard when you know. I don't know how to describe it. Where it's so just you, you, you have a, a sibling I have sibling. There? I have friends with siblings who oh. have. Um, it's it's a trying experience, right? I mean, so I take it you were very you're very well, protective. You don't know any better, right? You, are, yeah, you're, you don't know yeah, any better. You don't, you don't know any better, so you just grow up, right? That's your life, so you you don't you know. It, That's I what did. you know. Like, I, That's yeah. all you know. And I, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I liked it. My brother's great. Yeah. It's just, you know, but when you get older, you realize like, oh yeah, I'm doing like a lot of, I'm yeah. doing like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Are you <laughs> very like protective? Lot. And I have no one to, you know, I don't, I can't mm. share stuff. Sure. Like, you, like I saw my friends with like, uh, like other brothers or sisters and they're like sharing their like, um, that's the toughest part. Yeah. But we share other stuff and I'm still really, I'm like really close. That's with them. awesome. Like, yeah. He sends me pictures of his toys on email and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, we awesome. call and we talk like we pretend we're Bert and Ernie on the phone. Oh, that's great. Pretty, you know, keeps you keeps it light. Keeps you grounded. Keeps you grounded. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, what did your folks do? What uh, what did the the mom and dad do for work? Um, um, my mom worked at the. She worked. She was like an executive at the Canadian Post Office. Oh wow! And uh, my dad was. 
I, he had like a real dad job. You know those like jobs where you ask your dad and he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Sure, I guess. And you're uh-huh. like, uh-huh. All right, yeah. And then like, uh, like six months later, you're like, dad, what do you do? And then he's like, well, I should go. And you're like, I So my dad, as far as I could understand. Does stuff. Was a computer nerd pimp. He pimped out computer nerds, like IT nerds, mm-hmm. to corporations and companies that needed specialists. Oh, wow. So my dad didn't own the company or anything like that. He was just like a... He was an a, asset. To- an administrator mm-hmm. at the company. He was like a guy who like, you know, you, you know... You, did small project. My dad would answer and be like, yeah. yeah. Oh, we got a guy for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's how much it's gonna it's gonna cost you, right? You know, to hire this guy. And then mm-hmm. I guess my dad's company would get a cut. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. He, you're bored. He's a mystery. I mean, I, it, the whole thing is boring. Yeah. <laughs> we were like a we were we were middle class growing up. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I like sorry, I'm not peeing. This is like coffee. No, yeah, I mean, that'd be an interesting way to do it. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's a whole nother story. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. No, I, we were like, you know, we had a Ford Windstar van. Mm, there you go. Felt interior. Felt interior. Real really 80s, ab- 70s. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. Really uh, absorbed yeah. all of the hockey bag smell. <laughs> Kept it in there. Locked yeah. it in. So you did. You did. That's right. You, uh, you were you were part of the Canadian culture there. You did get into hockey. You you made it pretty far though, because I, I I think remember I was listening to you on Nate Land. Um, you ended up you ended up going the distance with it. You 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 played pretty pretty much yeah. up until as far as you could play without going that next yeah. step. It was yeah. a big part of your life. It was a big part of my identity when I was a kid. Did you feel when pressured because you were from Canada? Like you had to do this? Well, I suppose if if I like lived in America with my parents, but we had a Canadian heritage yeah. and like, you have to do it. But mm-hmm. you no, know, when you're, when you live in Canada, it's not, it's like, all, you know, it's not like an arranged marriage or something. <laughs> not like I have to do it. Yeah. It's like, there were other sports, yeah. but I like, I just wanted to, my parents wanted me to be a skier. And I just, I just was like, hmm. I don't know. I kind of like, I like the hockey thing. And, I, yeah. and they were kind of bummed when I chose hockey, but I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's great. So you, you get to New York for context purpose, 2007, you said. At that time, I mean, what's that scene like? Who, who's, who are the guys? I mean, who are the guys that are, uh, are, that are still hanging around in, in doing this stuff? I know Nate was one of them. Um, but what was that scene like when you arrived there as far as the, uh, you know, was, was it hot at that time? Was it, was it not yeah. as it was, good it was, as it, was, it is now? What was it like? That's a really good, like, this is when? 2007? 2007, you said. 2007, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2007 in New York was a really cool time because it was a big changeover. Mm. There was, like, a big new generation of comics coming out. There was, like, all, like the David Tells, the, like, Con oh, wow. Quinn, yeah. like, that era was, like, there was, like, the, the kind of ending. Some it, way out, yeah. They're still, I mean, so funny and so great. Oh, David Tell is still maybe the best comic alive. But, Arguably, yeah. Yeah. But the the like, yeah, Dan Soder, uh, Nate Bargatze were like literally, <clears throat> pardon me, just starting out, mm-hmm. you know. 
Giannis Papas, Chris DiStefano, Mark Norman, um, Joe List, Sam Morell. uh, Wow, that's a scene, man. Dan St. Germain, Mike Lawrence, who's a big TV writer right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like a lot of Jacqueline Novak, who's got that huge thing going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of... Yeah, it was exciting. You could kind of tell. Mm-hmm. And Big J Okerson, like all, all oh, those wow. guys. Yeah. Like, so I was newer than a lot of those guys, and and it was just fun to get swept up in that and sure. their and hang out and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know? great. So how does I mean, even the 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 cost of living in New York has always just been on you know um just ridiculous. But as a comic, I mean, moving from from you know a different place to to new york not even really having as much experience you know in that process of that move to then starting there i mean how did you survive there i mean was did you have something else to pull in to pull in some sort of revenue i worked at a restaurant i worked oh so you're working there monday double sunday double monday double tuesday Mm -hmm. double and maybe one other lunch floating around Mm -hmm. so i could do comedy um Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. And that... not not worry about that. So I you know, and I would like I I I also was like I was like I do stuff like work a work a double, walk down to the walk like go to the comedy club mm-hmm. and then bark for two hours, which means hand out comedy tickets on the street, like mm-hmm. annoy people on the corner, trying to get them into the club. Do that for two hours mm-hmm. for a five for a five minute set after working wow. a double. I would do that all the time. Just for five minutes? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get free drinks and whatever you weren't supposed to, but I mean, <laughs> it, it also it was like a great hang. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I would do that with like Andrew Schultz. I don't know if you. Oh, know oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to stand and sit on the corner together, and then um, uh. Yeah, so I mean, I remember when I first moved there, I made. Because I was trying to keep do as little work as possible, right, and as much comedy as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, I remember at one point I was making twelve hundred dollars a month. Wow, that's crazy. My my rent was eight hundred dollars. Wow. So, but eventually, that was only for like six to eight months. Uh-huh. Eventually. I was able to move in with a bunch of friends in a really rough neighborhood <laughs> and I was only paying $400. That's not bad in New York. It de- depends how many. That's great. Anyway, yeah, that's cheap. In case, it, 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 like, it, like sometimes a girlfriend would move out, like <laughs> someone's girlfriend would move out and it would go up to like 500. Mm-hmm. But it's Still, like whatever. Yeah, that's fine. That's next to nothing. And then Metro, like a month Metro card was, was like $115. Cell phone was like, 65 70 bucks mm-hmm. and then um yeah just, wow. you know, groceries were like for i think for a month i could do 150 bucks so it's like a and, month to month it was close each month yeah well for 500 and then it would be like yeah no and then i would have like literally i no, not really i would have mm-hmm. like 500 dollars left oh over that's plenty 1200 to like party yeah like there you, i mean that's plenty I was like, this is enough. Right. Oh, that's great. People were like, you must really struggled. I was like, my friend at the time was a banker 
I, I knew this one guy who wasn't a comic and he worked for Goldman Sachs in, in, in Manhattan. Oh, wow. There you go. And he was like, he was like, I think he was making like, a, like at least a hundred K back then when we were like 26. Wow. And he was like, yo, he was like, I don't understand. You, we have the same amount of fun and I make so much more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you order, I order PBRs, you're ordering cocktails, yeah. but I'm getting there. Yeah. You, know? you don't got to live beyond the means. No. Yeah. That's crazy. That's when it starts to get dangerous. So when did, uh, when did you feel you had, you had enough, you had enough, uh, you know, material to, to get out there on the road, leave the city? Was that, was that a trying process for you and decision to, to finally get the courage to, to hit the road? I mean, I, I, what happened was, is I, I moved back to Canada because I, ha- I wasn't, I didn't have the proper work documentation in mm. America. Oh yeah, that's tough. So I had to sort of like stop all my momentum and then went to Canada and it ended up being a really good thing because mm-hmm. I had all this, I was like, you know, four and a half years in a pressure cooker in New York. Right. With like so many amazing comics who were like turned out to be famous. Mm-hmm. And so when, so when you, like I always say when you, I, when I play pickup basketball with like, like ex-college players or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like a, a decent basketball player. I'm not as good as them, but I, I level up when I play with like plugs or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I'm not that good. So when I like just going to, just who, whatever you do in your life, if you are surrounded by people that are really good, mm-hmm. you become good. You draw from so that. You draw from that. Yeah. We all fed off each other. And then I went to, to Canada and I was like, uh, like forged in fire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like, yeah. So and I, I, I was able to rise fairly quickly in the Canadian system and start mm-hmm. nationally touring. Wow. I remember I was like, I, I got a job waiting tables. I worked Sunday, Monday, and that was it. And I was just like touring around and I, and I, and I got like a commercial, I think commercial Kate. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Gave me like 10, 12 grand, something like that. Wow. And, and I had this like Western tour and I was like looking at my finances. I was like, Oh my God, I could, I, I could do this. My, quit my day job <laughs> that's I've awesome been, i've been trying to do it for so long and i thought about it every day like waiting tables i don't know if you ever waited tables. oh yeah i've it, done a bunch of that stuff in high school i had plenty of them right right i did that you know up until i was 30 and it right. really waiting tables for me hurt my confidence in myself every day like i hated it it really bummed me out. It just out. felt like you could never be good enough, and that's why you were there? Is that Because I, I had that same it. thought process for yeah. me. Yeah, well, not that. I just I was bad at it, and people would be mean to me, and I'd have to, like, be okay. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you just have to take it, because it was always right. It. Yeah, and I, and, and I needed a job, so I would just take, take L's and just take it on the chin every mm-hmm. day. And I was like, I want to quit, want to quit. And then I looked at my finances that one day, and I was like, oh, my God, I can finally quit. I went on this like two week tour mm-hmm. um, and I only worked two days a week. So I only had to cover four shifts. Oh, wow. And I, and I remember when I came back, I was like, I'm going to, I was I like, just won. I won the school. I had like, yeah, I had like, like, you know, years of like, work, like built up, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, like anger. And I was going to come in and be like, you know, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Right. You're cool. You're cool. And then um, I walked in and they had, replaced 
the, the they had new management and replaced the entire staff and no one knew who I was. Oh, that's right. You talked about that in one of the specials. I think you did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in a podcast. Yeah. Maybe like, not, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So it's like Nate land. That's what it was. Uh. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty typical for me. <laughs> when, uh, now, now you're on the road and you're doing, you're doing the thing. Um, what was, uh, what has been the toughest city? What's has been the toughest draw for you? I know Sam Morrell, he had, he can't stand Naples for you, Graham. Well, what is, what are the cities that just tend to be, <laughs> you know, you just can't seem to get up going. Um, where, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a place that I like really dislike. Right. I think that I did this. I just used to do this one club in Vancouver Island. Oh, wow. And in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously, and it was <laughs> like, they were so, they, they, you know, you're just underpaid. Mm -hmm. The crowds are like super drunk. Yeah. And the, own, like the owners are pretty arrogant. Oh, that's not a fun spot. And it's like, I just, it's just, it just sucks to like travel someplace, go through all that effort, not feel and welcomed, it, and not feel welcome. And then the crowd sucks. And it's like, it's like, bitch, I, I took two planes to get here. Right. You but you got to get paid. So you got to do the show, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, honestly, People are like, man, that seems like a grind, all, all the stuff you do. Mm -hmm. It's like, I got time during the day, and it's better than working as a waiter. So mm -hmm. I'll <laughs> – and I've, I've been – yeah, and I don't – and I can't work at an office. I tried that. I was really That's bad. what I, I do. I it's it. it's I can't. Yeah. I can't. I mean, now that yeah. we're from home, like we worked in the office, and then the pandemic came, and they're like, you know, we could save so much money. Let's just permanently yeah. stay home. And I'm like, no, don't do this. Because, like, I, I never liked the people, like, in the office – uh -huh. But you all like that the banter, right? You like that yeah. that sound that breaks up the day. Now mm -hmm. it's just you and your thoughts staring at a screen, Damn. and it's like, what can like? Oh, you just built up frustration and anger, and it's trying to trying to escape that. It's hard. Like now that everything's oh, back man. open, it's uh, where are you? The suburbs of Chicago, oh, but cool. it's like now that everything's back open, it's like the there's there was this comfort knowing that nobody else was doing anything right at the start of it it's like yeah. there was no I'm missing out yeah it was like oh it's okay i don't have to do that because no one's doing that and now it's back it's like oh god i gotta i gotta do something you know that's the thing that sucks <laughs> so it's like it's, i had that i was legit depressed when everything opened up oh, i had a great tough. time I, I felt bad but i had a great time during the lockdown mm -hmm. i i mean i was like doing shows in parks in new york Mm -hmm. on, uh, and hanging out with my friends in parks and and biking around no pressure and then everything came back and i everyone was like it's gonna be the most lit summer ever and and i was like okay <laughs> i'm ready and then it opened up and i was like oh god this so sucks much so much stuff. stuff right uh, you know it took me i was like i don't know it took me a couple of weeks to get out of it, mm -hmm. but I totally hear that. So your your office is, they said, permanently? Permanently, man. I found out that my boss moved to Arizona where we're headquartered, and oh. I didn't know about that. Like, I we had a Whoa. meeting, and I go, 
And he goes, oh, man, I got to run. It's it's lunchtime. I said, dude, it's it's like 3 o'clock, man. Why don't you just save for dinner? He goes, oh, no, it's 1 o'clock where I am at. And I go, where, where are you at? He goes, oh, I'm in Arizona. I said, what? He goes, oh, yeah, I moved to the headquarters. So okay. So it's like they're consolidating, right? They sold. Yeah. They they got rid of the entire uh, call center, and they sent them over to the Philippines. And they're cut. There's the, the whole building's gone. The only thing that's there now is our warehouse. I do inside sales for this pool company, and it's like, wow, this sucks. Really sucks. So it's just, and then I do Uber part time. I do that, so that kind of breaks it up. Yeah, but uh, it does. People. Yeah, a little bit. Um, some people don't talk, um, but it's just. It is. It's it's tough. I mean, especially for you now. Now you're getting back out there. Now it's like, oh, where's the material? I mean, you're not going to do COVID stuff. That stuff has been done. No one wants to hear that word again. So it's like, yeah. I mean, where are you right now as far as, you know, there's material still, goes? 30, 45? Yeah. What's that? I said, where are you at right now as far as new material goes? You got 30 minutes. For, I mean, how how much have you written? Well since covid like since like everything opened up yeah. or since 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 co since like the uh, since, since the lockdown till now like getting back out there doing shows do you have enough to get back out there and start doing that again oh yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i i got like uh almost a new headline oh that's 45. great new hour wow yeah 45 40 around 40 mm -hmm. but it, i i have like a lot of new stuff it made me be really pers i started trying to be more personal. open up a little bit yeah it ended up being a good thing i mean i did a lot of shows in, in these parks when when everything was closed and then clubs been open for a few months now yeah. and i've I actually been on tour a couple times so oh, that's great i've been working i've been working for i've been fully vaccinated for like you know three and a half months yeah i got mine in march yeah i've been working the whole time wow that's crazy and, and before that i was in the, in the in those parks man yeah so yeah, all these park shows, comedy clubs, rooftops, and rooftops. That's yeah. huge in New York. I mean, they do they do a lot of those. Do those work though? Because I know the outside thing. I I guess it could yeah, they work. be difficult. Not as good. No, They're because not as good. I know Nate Nate talked about it in his recent yeah. special. You know, with the uh, the planes and the helicopters. I mean, it screws up your cadence, right? Like you have to you have to well, build that in. It's not really the cadence. You can you can always adapt to something weird. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know. It's the main thing is there's no ceiling and laughter is contagious. Right. So people laugh more when they hear laughter. Sure. Yeah. And you hear less laughter when there is no ceiling. Every every good could good comedy room has low ceilings. Right, right. Yeah. And people are sat tightly together. And when people are like socially distanced and outdoors, mm -hmm. it's tough to get in a lot of momentum you find that the people in the front mm -hmm. are laughing and the people in the back are there they're just are having a good time but they're watching it they're like they're at home watching tv mm -hmm. like you know when you go see a funny movie in theater which no one ever does anymore <laughs> but i don't know if you remember ever doing that yeah. a, a comedy in a theater is like so much more funny than mm -hmm. when you You'd be like, oh, I saw this crazy movie. It's so funny, blah, blah, blah. And then you show your friends on like Netflix or something. It's good. And they're like, that's all right. Yeah. You know, so it's like a very live, humor is a very live thing right. for humans. Absolutely. And, and like, um, it's just hard. The, you know, it's not the ideal scenario being mm -hmm. outdoors, but there are 
like I performed in like and there's like some some places here that have like amphitheaters, like parks that have like oh, built-in amphitheaters. Oh, that's nice. It's perfect. Yeah. And the sound, like I, I remember, like, it was like, oh my, I could, I would do those shows, like I would get to do those shows like once or twice a month, mm-hmm. and I would look forward to them so much in the pandemic because right. it like felt like an indoor, like a club. Yeah. You could feel the wall of sound going because mm-hmm. it's built for sound. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So where where were uh, what are the clubs you've been doing um, out in New York? Have you you've done the cellar before? Yeah, I'm, I was at the cellar last night. Oh, that's awesome. I've never been there. I mean, how how have you been to Zany's Old Town in Chicago? Uh, I have not been to Zany's. I've done the Laugh Factory. Laugh Factory. Wow. What's the cellar like? Is it a small, tight room? I know they have two levels, right? They got four rooms, right? Four now. rooms. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but the original room is uh, like what I described, like low ceilings. Low ceilings, high, yeah, yeah. Sideways. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, how do you get I question about that stuff? So it's like the cellar. I mean, the whole idea of being passed. I know that's a thing like at the comedy store, but other clubs have asked other people and like saying, you know, being passed doesn't secure you in necessarily to the other places like Laugh Factory and Hollywood. You get passed there. That doesn't necessarily mean, I guess, that you give spots at Chicago or the other places. Is that is that is that truly how that is? Now, because I thought in the past that was more of the case, but now things seem to have changed. No, I mean, if you are, I, I mean, if it's a chain, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're past at the in in the chain, then you're good. If it's like improvs, it has like a bunch of places. Oh yeah, a bunch. A bunch yeah. Of but they all have. But so usually, if you're past there, you're you're good. But it's mm-hmm. yeah, it it it's different. There's there's two different systems in comedy. There's mm-hmm. the road, and then there's in the city. So in the city, it's feature spots, which means it's ten to fifteen minute mm-hmm. sets. Sure. And that's those. That's when you get passed at a place, mm. and those are not connected to any any other club. Oh wow! Place. Okay. That place, or, and and nowhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So you get passed there. Nowhere else cares. Wow. Um, and when you go on the road, there's no like, I mean, you, there's no real like getting past or not past. Mm-hmm. It's whether your agent can book you at that club or not. Or not, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whether they want you or not, whether they like, you know. So, mm-hmm. like doing headlining work and, and see, when you go on the road, mm-hmm. you're going to make more money, but you're not going to, it's, it's harder. Well, yeah, it's a lot of travel and it's like, you're not going to like, um, um, you're not going to like necessarily grow as much as an artist. Sure, right. When yeah. you're in the city, like it's important to get all those spots because you're going to grow a lot as an artist and if the better clubs you get into, the more. It's going like, to be new faces. We're not in the road. The people coming to the show, they're coming to the show f- for you you're not yeah, necessarily yeah. having people go oh, let's check this out you get that more in the city yeah but yeah you in the city you want to get past the best clubs because it's the you want to be at the best gym basically mm, the best workout the room. Best people the best workout room more, more you get more inspired mm-hmm. by your by your peers who are better and then also it's like you know you make friends that are successful being mm-hmm. at the better clubs. And then and they that, lead you to other people who have done this. So then that's the way you build that circle. Yeah. Comics, like basically the main thing 
how, is that in show business is your agents don't ever really get you anything. It's is that the peers. case, really? It's your peers that get you stuff. Your agents can get you. They like, could do shows, right? Bookings. They or? get they get you booking little shows, but I mean like life changing opportunities. It's yeah, your friends they all stem you from stuff. you and your connections and relationships with yeah. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Not being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's know, funny. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, real quick, is the Canada is obviously they've been Trudeau's got the clamps locked down over there. How has, has that been, have you been able to go back home at all? Yeah. I mean, I can go home because I'm a citizen. Right. Oh, so they, but, they opened it up for you because of that. I mean, is there, yeah, always the whole time. Any so, trials and tribulations with doing that though? Like right in the middle yeah, of you it? Got a, you got a quarantine yeah. when you cross the border and they, they check you. They like, they'll like call to make sure that you haven't left the house and um they're doing it the right way there yeah they they were they are mm -hmm. i mean i think now it, they're loosening it mm -hmm. and so it's now i don't have to quarantine anymore if because i'm vaccinated sure so i i can just go home and see my parents now if i want oh that's and, great yeah it's great and um my girlfriend who's american should be able by the end of the month or early next month be able to come up without quarantining you she's vaccinated too oh wow that's cool. but yeah so things are it's getting better like yeah like patios are open now finally there but it's definitely was behind they're yeah. slowly they're like finally getting enough people vaccinated yeah so you know it is yeah. it is weird though like how we've how we have so many questions about this like people are i don't know why people just are doubting the science. Like when you have kids, like you bring the kids to the doctors and you get all vaccines. You don't even ask these questions. No questions asked. He's got to get yeah. a shot. So give them. But now it's like, Hmm, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people, <laughs> it's so strange. People are people that it's just, there used to be stop gaps. Mm -hmm. on who could be in media right and it would be like literally smart people choosing other smart people and there and but now it's just like anyone can get on there so yeah. you just have like a bunch of like really dumb people or really desperate maniacs mm -hmm. who want attention and get money from the youtube clicks so we'll say anything mm -hmm. and you just you get this swirl of like people just saying anything and it's, mm -hmm. and then you, you, people get influenced right. and it's, it's really a shame. Cause if you live in a bubble, no, like if you just at home, like yourself, no one is outside talking to anybody. Right. We're just all at home all day looking at a screen mm -hmm. and then the algorithm figures out what you want to click on and it just reinforces whatever then you're in a black hole, hole rabbit hole. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you don't have any peers right. that, believe in in science and yeah. just reasonable reasoning right it's crazy and there's like this like whole like americans hate government which one things that like <laughs> one of the things that like was different when i moved here that i noticed culturally it, americans are very scared of the government mm -hmm. and even mm -hmm. though like like you elected them but whatever i right. get it okay fine others I'm, I'm not gonna like just do whatever say you know just say whatever the leader says right 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 sakes. you but gotta be a free thinker you gotta have your own thoughts to, and opinions yeah, it's good to have to question leadership whatever but like canada is like 
yeah, science. Okay, cool. Follow the rules. And like they, we, we just started getting enough vaccines up there and already we're past America with the amount of people. It's crazy. Because we're like, what percentage wise? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's just like, I, I don't, yeah. We're less scared that the government is trying to insert chips sure. in us and yeah. make us magnetic. <laughs> right. It's the whole like, I don't understand. I have a healthy immune system. Exactly. It's, I don't, what don't you get? It's not about you. Right. It's about everyone, you selfish prick. It's about helping your neighbor. Right. It's like people claim to be Christians and don't want to help their neighbor. I don't get it. Yeah. I just, I, I don't get it. Or the I whole. The, the one thing that, and that I never understood was the whole, oh, you don't go to church, but you're going to hell. It's like there's so many people at church right now who are cheating on their wife, but they're there with their wife. You're going to oh, tell me that they're, they're saints? We could go down a hole. Right? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, this, it's just crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what's, uh, what's the schedule look like right now? Any shows coming up? Oh, I'm doing uh, – you can go to GrahamK.com, mm-hmm. uh, G-R-A-H-A-M-K-A-Y. I got all my shows listed there. Um, on the 15th and 17th – wait, on wait, 15th, I'm going to be in uh, Soul Joel's Comedy Club in, uh, in Royersford, Pennsylvania, which is just outside Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And I don't know wow. Um yeah, fifty. Go to yeah, fifteenth and seventeenth, and then um, what am I doing? Yeah, I got. I got. I'm gonna be. Oh, Denver Comedy Lounge, August twenty twenty first. Go to there. You go. Come see me in Denver Comedy Lounge. Uh, and then I got like a bunch of dates in October. I'm gonna I'm opening for Nate Bergazzi. Oh, um, that's cool. All of October, I'm gonna be in Wisecrackers Comedy Club. Interesting I'm, I'm name, in Wilkes Bear. I'm gonna be all over. I got a bunch of. I got a bunch of. I'll be sure to up. plug them all for you. Uh, you gonna be with Nate at the Paps Theater, in Milwaukee? I don't know. It depends what date. Uh, it's November fifth. Yeah, I think so. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. No. No. No, I won't. All right, I'll be there. We'll see what happens. Uh, but hey, man, I appreciate you yeah. doing this, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, check. I check out. Uh, I have a autism awareness podcast. Yes, awesome. That's called Autastic. Yeah, if you can um, actually go ahead and talk a little bit about that too, so you can go ahead and kind of plug that as well. Yeah, I got an autism awareness podcast. My brother has autism, like I said. Mm-hmm. My my co-host has a, a nonverbal autistic son, and it's a, the comedian's guide to autism. It's basically a podcast for like parents who have kids with autism so they don't kill themselves. Mm. Um, let you know that Oof. everything's okay. It's a dark and, description, uh, but I guess, <laughs> it was like the you way know, you said it's like you it's know, a dark it's... description to people who don't have autism in their life. Yeah. Any parent, anybody who's got it in their life is like they, they get the joke, right? They get it. Um, but also, I got a new podcast uh, with my with my buddy Robbie Slowick. It's called The Edge Lords. It's a fake uh, edgy podcast. We're like basically making fun of all the edgy podcasts yeah. out there. That's we got like a lot of really like big names on it. Yeah, well, Nate was on so, it too, wasn't he? Nate was on it. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. He's great. Well, hey Graham, I really appreciate you doing this. You take care of yourself, man. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Everyone, have fun. Stay safe. Keep your head up. There you go, Graham K. Take care, man. Bye. 
Thanks for tuning in, guys, to another episode of the Christian Hansen Show. That was me and comedian Graham K. doing the thing, the good old conversing. If you're new to the show and like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can check out the show. Please leave a rating, review, comment. Email us at the Christian Hansen Show uh, at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Or visit our website, thechristianhansenshow.com. That is the best spot. Like I've said a billion times, to get all the information about the show, about the guest, more specifically the guest. Every every guest that's been on, I have a full write-up, a full article about them, all their content. If they have albums, you can listen to every single one on there. Links to their website, links to where they're going to be next. You could buy tickets. Links to all that good stuff is on there. It's the number one stop to get all the information about each and every guest that's ever been on the show. And guess what? I could tell you one thing. Graham K, you need to visit his website. That is Graham K, K-A-Y.com. The guy who was on the show. Yeah, Graham K, K-A-Y.com to find out where he will be next. But I will tell you as well to help you out. Let me know if he'll be in your town, guys. These are where he will be. The Robin's Nest in New Jersey on July 17th. The Denver Comedy Lounge, August 20 and 21st. Good Nights Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, September 3rd and 4th. The Comedy Cafe in Fort Myers, Florida, October 8th and 9th. Helium in St. Louis, October 22nd and 23rd. Wisecrackers in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, October 29th and 30th. And Planet of the Tapes in Louisville, Kentucky, November 12th and 13th. Find out more information at Graham. K.com. That's K-A-Y.com to find out where he will be next and see if he's coming to your town. Graham K, ladies and gentlemen, that was a good time. Well, that's it for this Thursday's episode. We'll see you next time here on the show. Until then, stay safe and be well. <laughs>